0: We go through this trial, we get tempted, and then we say, this is God's fault. Now, the problem is, what does, what does James say? He says, he says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Why does he say that? Because, he tells us, God does not tempt anyone. God is perfect, God is holy, God is good, and so God He doesn't tempt anyone with evil. He he himself is not tempted by evil. So there is nothing evil that is going to come from God toward you. Okay? And to make you do anything evil. So when you you can't say, God is making me do this. Okay? But, But we hear people today say this a lot, don't we? Who are the people who says this? They say, God made me like this, so it's not my fault. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? This is how God made me, I was born like this, so it's not my fault, I'm not responsible for what I do. And we have, we have homosexuals, homosexuals are the, probably the biggest group who do this today. All right. Uh, how many of you saw this week that Clay Aiken finally came out and said, I'm gay? Of course, everyone, everyone always knew he was gay, alright? There no, there's no real surprise when he says, hi, I'm gay, right? No, one, no one's really shocked by that, okay? But the point, is, the point is, he says he is only accountable to God, right? The only person who he's accountable to is God, and if if God has made me like this, uh, then it's not my fault, right? Even next slide, keep going. God made me like this. So if God made me like this, and God is causing me to be tempted, but God doesn't sin and God doesn't cause anyone else to sin, then what I'm being tempted with isn't really sin, right? So the homosexual says, "Well, God made me like this, so it can't be sin." So, how do we answer that? How many of you saw, know who Ray Bolts is? Some, uh, the older, most of those people will. He's saying, thank you for giving to the Lord. Okay? Uh, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Um, some of you will know these songs. Some of you won't. But that's okay. He came out two weeks ago and said he's gay. All right? Um, so maybe him and Clay Aiken are going to sing a duet. Who knows? Um, <laughs> But, uh, probably shouldn't have said that, but... Uh, no. Uh, who are other people who say this? God made me like this, so it's not my fault. Right, homosexuals, who else? Alcoholics. Alcoholics say this. Druggies, right? My parents were an alcoholic, so I'm gonna be an alcoholic, so it's not my fault. Uh, Child molesters say this. All right? There's a whole group. How many of you know what NAMBLA is? NAMBLA is the National Association. Wait a minute, what is it? (laughs) National Association. Anyways, Man Boy Lovers Association. And the men say that they were born like this, this is who they are, so they should get to have sex with little boys. Okay? Do you, see, do you see where it leads when we say, God made me like this, so I get to do whatever I want. And it's not sin. This is what serial killers say. They say, I was always born with a violent tendency. Okay? even from when i was 5 i felt like i like i liked ripping heads off of lizards i liked doing those things i liked hurting cats and then they grow up and and they start killing people right it gets bigger it gets bigger and grows and then they and then they kill people but this is what they say all right now some people you say well i'm not that extreme i don't ever do that right but what are you a, a truth teller? Are you somebody who, who just blurts out the truth about other people and say, I'm just being honest, right? That's just how I am. I get angry because that's the way God made me, right? We have people who, who like to just tell They say, that I just tell it like it is. But if all you do is speak the truth with no love behind it, because that's what the Bible says we should do. We should speak the truth in love, not just speak the truth so that you know I'm right and you're wrong. Okay? So if, if that's what you do and you say, well, this is just the way God made me. God just made me loud. God just made me obnoxious. God just made me rude. Um, you don't get to do that. I'm sorry. All right. So keep going. So here's the deal. He says, God is perfect. God does not tempt us to evil. It's not a part of his nature. All right? It's like you can't put a fish on land and expect it to breathe. Part of its nature is to breathe, to need water, right? And God can't do evil. It's just a part of his nature. It's just not who he is. Okay? So let's keep going. Verse 14. Verse 14 through 16. Let's read those. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. All right. Uh, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Very good. All right. So maybe your temptation isn't to blame God. Maybe you're pretty good at that. You don't say, I know God's not the reason for my problems. I know God's not trying to cause me to sin as I do this, all right? But, instead of blaming God, you blame other people, okay? And this verse, this verse deals with that. <laughs> the easiest thing for us to do when things go wrong, listen, listen up. The easiest thing for us to do when things go wrong is to blame someone else. But we don't get to do that. This verse tells us that we sin. Why? Because of our own lust. It's something that we already want to fulfill our desires. Our lust is in us. It's something that is a part of Us and our own individual weaknesses. Okay, like me, you can put you can put a beer bottle in front of me, and I have no desire. It's if it's cold, if it's cold, all right. I have zero temptation when it comes to alcohol. You could put you could give me cigarettes. You could get put weed, any kind of drugs in front of me. I have no desire for it. Okay. but, now, and some of you, that might be an issue. There are people, I mean, a ton of my friends from high school just drink a lot. And I've I never had any desire to do that with them, and it's probably why I don't, I don't have any real close relationships with them today. All right? But you can. there are other things that I am very tempted by. All right, we're not going to go into them. But... <laughs> Okay, because I know some of y'all think that oh, turns is a pastor and uh, he's perfect and he doesn't he never get tempted to do anything. I'll tell I'll tell y'all something. I have, and some some of you can see it because some of you are a little scared of me and you should be because I have a temper out of this world that that most of you have never seen. All right, yeah, some of you have seen it. But still, you haven't seen it in full. You haven't seen it full-blown. And I, when I, I am so tempted. When I, I've always had a temper from when I was a kid. Now, does that give me an excuse to say, oh, I was born like this, so I get to blow up at anybody who makes me mad? No. Okay? And some, some of us think we don't even have any lusts. Like, I don't really struggle with anything. All right, so, so when we do mess up, we say, uh, it's got to be someone else's fault. It's not my fault because I don't really struggle with anything because I'd never do anything like that. But God says, listen, what God says, when we sin, it's not his fault. It's not anyone else's fault. Whose fault is it? It's because we let our own lusts run with us. And, of course, everyone loves the Bible until it starts talking to them and telling them that they're doing something wrong. But that's what, this, that's what this is talking about. It says, we're carried away and enticed by our own lust. That's what this, this carried away is like uh, someone set a trap for us. And we are enticed by this bait that's been laid out there. All right? But it's our own lust. We've set the trap for ourselves. Does that make any sense? No, like this kitten. How did this kitten get in a cup? I don't know. Somebody, I don't know. I, did he get in there himself? It's possible. But all right, here we go. We start, we start with our own lust. We start with our own lust, and something triggers that inside of us because we, you know, we are tempted by some things. We are weak, okay? And that starts this process. This process starts of our lust and then we're tempted by it. Alright, keep going. We, we lust, we, then temptation sets in, and then what it says, when lust has conceived, all right, lust, lust gets pregnant. Alright? Lust gets pregnant and it gives birth to sin. Alright? Remember we said James was a nature boy? Woo! Uh, <laughs> Rick Flair. He liked, he liked to use nature nature analogies. All right, so he's using he's using birth here. Our lust conceives; it gives birth to sin. All right, and then when sin is accomplished, or when sin is full grown, or when we let sin have its way with us and do whatever it wants to do with us, it brings forth. Sin gives birth to death. How does does that make any sense? That sin gives birth. Sin gives birth. Birth tends to indicate that something's alive, right? Sin gives birth to death. How does that happen? I don't know. But this is what happens. Sin will always lead to death. So here's the deal. Here's what we got to do. Here's what we need to take from this. Right, we see uh, death. It's lust's grandson. You figure that out? Temptation's children. All right. So, here, but here's what we can't say. Here's what we can't say. We can't say, mm, "I'll just do a little bit of sin." But here's what, and here's what you do say, "I'll just do a little bit of sin. It won't hurt me that much. I can handle it. I can handle this. I can, I can watch a little bit of porn on the internet." I can I can I can talk about this person behind their back, because they deserve it. I can I can disobey my parents a little bit, right? You guys think it's okay if I disobey them a little bit? Uh, I can disrespect my teachers a little bit because they give me too much homework, and and because everyone else is making fun of them, so. I might as well do it too, because it doesn't seem like anything's happening to them. But what does the Word say? The Word says, if we let sin have its way, and sin will always try to do this. When we let our lusts conceive, when we give in to our temptations, and then we sin, and then, man, it felt good. It felt good to sin. And so we keep going, and we keep going, and we keep going, and it gives birth to death. So death in what? Death in relationships, in friendships. Death in opportunities that you might have had for God to bless you, but you chose to sin. And and I think what he really means is that it can bring physical death. And we know this is real, right? People die all the time from sin. People die from sexually transmitted diseases. People die from drunk driving. People die from so many things. People, you, you, you get angry and, and you just want to get vengeance so bad. And, and then I just need to kill Anthony. Ah! And then there's death right all because I started this process keep going but he says in verse 16 do not be deceived my beloved brethren he's, he's saying this in a compassionate way and he's caring about you so understand this and I say this in a compassionate way trying to let you know that we care about you he's saying don't be stupid okay Don't be deceived. Don't be foolish. This is foolish thinking if you think you can sin a little bit and get away with it. Sin will always lead to death. And don't be foolish and think that there are no consequences. You might say, I can sin a little bit and I can deal with the little bit of consequences that come with it. But Sometimes we think that there are no consequences. But there are always consequences for your sin. And you may not see it right now. and You may not see it in the next day. But if you continue in a pattern of sin, even just a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's never going to go away. And eventually it will lead to death and something. So he says, don't fool yourself. Believe me, guys. Believe me. Your sin, if you hold on to it, is going to cause bad things for you. So we're asking you to give up on those things. Now, he continues his thinking in verse 17 and 18. Let's read it. Keep going. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. You don't really know what that means, right? Okay, I'll explain. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. All right, so here we go. Verse 17, he says, God only gives good gifts. Okay? Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from who? the Father. So every good thing that you have is from God. What are some good things that you have? The, life? Okay. Uh, uh, something that you consider a gift from God. What do you think? Your parents? Good. You won't say brothers or sisters, right? Because we think they're evil your house your house you can you have something to eat all right you have a place to stay something to eat parents your family good you have a school that you can go to and learn or or you could you could be uneducated and dumb i don't know that sounds fun, okay. But here's what he's saying, all right? He's saying every good thing is from God. God. God is not going to give you something that you think is good, but then trick you into sinning with it, okay? That's what he's saying. God never gives you anything intending you to sin. Now, And he talks about the Father, the father of lights. What does that mean? Anybody got a guess? The sun, right. This is this is a Jewish expression referring to God as the Father of lights because God made the sun and the moon and the stars. And it says, uh, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. The moon goes through phases, right? And then we see the shadows on the moon and we see all these kind of things. And this is saying that even though God created those things and and made you know made them so that they change God himself does not change so God is not going to all of a sudden turn around and be mean to you okay because he loves you keep going on the slides please all right God's gifts are always good and this is this is usually what we want from God right we just want uh, just give it right to me directly thank you money that's all I want all right but God always gives good and perfect gifts And they are given according to His wisdom, all right? Not always your wisdom. Listen, not always your wisdom. Because sometimes there are things that you want. You want it so bad. You want a person so bad, but you don't get it. You don't get them. You don't get that Wii or whatever it is that you want. Cell phone. New computer. You want it so bad, but you don't get it. Why? Because God is being good to you. It wasn't good for you to have. God, because he knows everything, God could see into the future and know that that thing that you wanted so bad was not what was best for you. And he asks you to trust him to bring something better for you. You guys understand that? So what's that thing that you want so bad? See? But God is not going to give it to you because he knows it's idolatry, and so you're not going to get it. And so it's not good for you. All right. So. So we see, we saw before, right? We saw temptations, children. Temptations, children are what? Lust. Conceiving sin and sin conce- bringing forth death. death. What does God bring forth? If he only brings forth good things. Verse 18 says, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. What does that mean? It means that we might birth sin, but God births us, and God only makes good things. This is this, when God births us. What that, what's that called? <laughs> what, what's the phrase we use in, in like Christian language? Like, born again. Born again. Yeah, there you born go. Again. We when God gives us births us, we are born again. Okay, and so. We come into God's family, and we are God's children. How does that happen? It says, uh, by the word of truth, this is the truth that Jesus, Jesus was the Son of God. He was born, all right? He came to earth, lived a perfect life, died for your sins and my sins. OK? And three days later, after he was buried to prove that he was really dead, okay, um, came back from the dead, rose again and he's alive today, he's, a, he's in heaven right now but he died for you and your sins and he rose again to prove that he had the power over death and that all sin was taken care of but you only become God's child through faith in Jesus you don't become God's child by coming to church okay you don't become God's child by getting baptized you don't become God's child by hanging out with other Christians or having Christian parents even though those are good things. Okay? It's only through putting your trust in Jesus and what he did because you are not good enough to do it. All right? And that's how you become God's children. But now that we're God's children, what is what what is the opinion that God has of it? He says, "We are extremely valuable. You are extremely valuable as a child of God." He wants to use you. He loves you. He wants to use you to show everyone else how great he is. This is what that phrase means. It says, uh, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. This means that we are the first evidence, all right? The first evidence of a harvest of, of the new creation, okay? The new creation that's coming, we get to be that example to everybody else to show them how great God is not how great we are all right we have our value because God has made us valuable and so this means that you don't put your value of how you know how good you feel about yourself you don't put that in in what your friends think of you you don't put that in what some boy or some girl thinks of you okay you don't put it you don't even put it in what your parents think of you and I know that's hard for a lot of you guys right now because your parents opinion is what you're really striving for especially with your grades in school and all that but what really matters is God's opinion of you and it says that God loves you and he cares about you he he is wants to use you he thinks you are special enough to be used for his glory that's an amazing, amazing thing. There's a song by David Crowder Band. It's called Everything. Um, And it says, what the chorus says, you make everything glorious and I am yours. So what does that make me? God makes everything glorious. We are his. So what does that make us? You answer the question. Very good. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Teens, uh, maybe maybe you don't blame God. Maybe, maybe you don't blame anyone else. Maybe you know that you sin and and you make bad decisions. Um, and you feel horrible about it. But tonight, you don't you don't have to be afraid to admit it. Uh. You don't have to wallow in your own guilt you can repent you can admit your sin to Jesus you can get forgiveness from him based on what he did on the cross and that he's risen again and you don't have to blame yourself anymore because on the cross Jesus took all the blame that God would lay at you Jesus took it all he stepped in front of you and took it all on the cross so that you don't have to take the blame anymore. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust him. Believe that he died for you, that he was buried, that he rose again, and you can come into the, ch- into the family of God and be special enough to be used by him for his glory because he has done so many great things in our life. Do it tonight, all right? You might need to forgive someone and, s- and stop blaming them for all the problems in your life. You may need to ask forgiveness of someone. Father, Lord, I thank you so much for each person here. I thank you for your word and how honest it is, and how it's it fits so well with what so many of us are going through. Lord, Lord, I just pray that that each heart would know uh, where they're struggling with sin, that they would no longer put themselves in tempting situations that they would remove all those sinful things that, that, that are going to bring about death in their life, Father. Lord, you don't want death for us. You want life. So, Father, I pray that each of us would recognize that sin and put it to death, Father. Lord, encourage each teen, strengthen them, help them to know that they have leaders, that they have friends who are going to be with them, and help them uh, that they don't have to do this alone because it is a hard battle, Father, and I just pray that you would encourage each and every one of them. In your name we pray. Amen.